0: Here's time for us to jump right into it, but let's pray before we start with our question and answer session. Heavenly Father, I give you the thanks and the glory for being here with us. I thank you, Lord, that in the midst of our growing as a family, you are teaching us how to grow in your path. So now, Lord, as we take this time to... Ask and answer some questions. I pray that your spirit will teach us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. My first question is, how can you be sure you are a Christian? How can you be sure you are a Christian? Who wants to go? Don't be shy. Okay, good. Here we go. So, new rule. I'm I'm, I'm making the rules up as I go along. When, you, when you're when you going to answer a question, I want you to stand and turn so that everybody can see you and tell us who you are. We might not know your name, and we want to get to know you better. All right?
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Sharon. And the way that I know that I'm a Christian is that I've accepted the Lord into my life as my Savior. And I believe that uh, the resurrection was real and that God died for us on the cross. Jesus died for us on the cross. And coming to this church makes me feel more and more like a Christian every week. <laughs> Thank
2: you. I'm Claudette, and um, in First John one verse nine it says, "If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." What that means is, you come to God, you ask Him to forgive, forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him to forgive you. And if you believe, that's what he says. He forgives you. You're a Christian.
0: Great. She actually cheated and she answered my second question because my second question is: Do you have any scriptural proof anywhere from the Bible that shows that you are a Christian? So we're gonna combine, we're gonna combine both questions. How do you know you're a Christian? And is there something in the Bible that you can use to say? This is where I can tell that I'm a Christian. All right. We have a hand over here.
1: I'm Susan. Um, The Bible, I'm not sure where, but it says um, his spirit bears witness with with our spirit, that you just know in your heart. You know, you just know that you know that you know that you are.
0: Great. Anybody else? How do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are a Christian? Let's go all the way to the back. what are you doing wearing jackets? You, you are from Oregon.
3: <laughs> Where we wear jackets. Uh,
4: scripture says, if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised, us from, God raised him from the dead, then we shall be saved. That's If-then statement, I like those. Great. Anybody else?
0: Any scripture verses that help you to know that you are truly a Christian, that you're truly saved from destruction? All right, we have one more. And then we, we want one more for this question, okay?
5: Hi, I'm Vienna. I think this is probably the universal verse, but John 3.16, that whosoever believes in Jesus Christ shall not perish, but will have everlasting life.
0: All right, one more, one more. You you guys are giving some great verses. I'm getting
1: warmed up. Do I have to stand up? No. Since I'm a worship, you know, know, I love singing everything. So, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. All
0: (laughs) All right. Question number three. So, that was question one and two. Which Claudette jumped and answered question number two. What do you do when you know that you should read the Bible regularly, but you often find that you are not in the mood? Anybody ever know, ever, you, you know you should read the Bible, but you're not really in the mood. So how do you handle something like that? Who wants to go first? All right, here we go. One more.
5: don't have to say my name again okay um I would say two things you do have to discipline yourself to read the word but if you really find most often that you're not in the mood I would say to bring that before God as a heart issue to ask him to help you get a revelation that this Jesus is the word of God made flesh and that that's a really important part of having a, a real relationship with him to to break the calluses off your heart, I guess, so that you'll be able to really get in the word and enjoy it and really understand, you know, develop that relationship with God through his word and then let the emotions follow instead of your emotions leading you.
0: Are, are you stretching or are you... Okay, you're raising your hand. I don't want to
4: do it because I'm so warm right now. <laughs> i like, like just curling up. Hey, I'm Joy. Um, I... I usually like to do like a devotional in the morning. I didn't do it this morning is the funny part. I usually do. But like uh, Andrew Murray's Abide in the Vine and just go verse by verse through whatever the word is. And it's John 15 that I'm in right now. And he just takes it and he goes into greater depth with each one. And then just spending time, you know, with the Holy Spirit and having him reveal himself through that. And then sing it. Then you sing it. If you're a singer like me too, just sit at the keys sometimes and just sing the word. The psalms are built to sing. So that's one of the ways, because I think most of us remember the word through song, and that's one of the ways that I've always learned it.
0: So remember, just get your keys out, and just jingle your keys, and just sing the word of God, you know? Okay.
4: Okay. I'm Augusta, like I said earlier. This is really hard. I'm in the middle. Um, but uh, this may be a little bit of a cheat sheet. But I watch movies like One Night with the King and put the subtitles on the bottom so I can listen and read at the same time. Kind of get the
1: stories in there.
0: Okay, and when you watch One Night with the King, then you go back to the Bible and you read the story to make sure that they said it, they told it right, right? Great.
2: Of oh, okay, two things. Um, as far as feelings go, um. I always have some issue with that, mainly because sometimes you can't focus on that. If you're a Christian, sometimes you don't even feel like it. But you have to just go back to the Word and know that that's what the Word says. And it tells you if you believe in God, if you've confessed your sins, then that means you're a Christian. So you have to kind of focus on what you know. And that means that you have to know the Word. And for you to know the Word, you have to read it. The other thing that I find um, that works for me is to kind of have a certain time that you do it. It's not always very easy. I am not a morning person, but I find that when I wake up early sometimes in the mornings and do it like every morning, it kind of reminds me to do it. If you're an evening person, you do it in the evening, during the day. I mean, it doesn't have to be something that you go on for hours. It can be five minutes, it can be 15 minutes, it can be 20 minutes, but it's just something that you focus on. And um, also as a child, I was kind of taught the word And I think that that's very important, too, to remember some of the verses that you think are very important. And you always focus on those verses and you kind of repeat them. And during times, sometimes of, of distress and times like that, they can come back to you. And you know that, you know, that's the word of the Lord.
0: Thank you. The Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is my strength. But sometimes Christians find themselves in places where they are depressed. Feeling down. Feeling gloomy. Feeling as if the world is on your shoulders. What do you do as a Christian when you are down?
2: As for me, um, when I'm down, I'll begin to just put my praise music on and that always seems to change the atmosphere and as I put the praise music on I'll get in the house and I'll begin to dance for the Lord and the Lord will begin to remind me of uh, situations where he's brought me out of and how he's always been with me and how he loves me and it changes the atmosphere and also change my heart and that I don't have to be downcast because he's always there and he loves me (laughs)
3: <laughs> when I am depressed and and sad and feeling blue, I have um, a book of Bible promises, and I go through um, to the one that says my comforter, and I'll read all the verses that um, are about you know um, reminding you that you know in in the midst of all the chaos and the, in, in, when things don't look right, God is still in control and. And he will work it out. You just gotta keep on praying and, and believing and, and, and staying in faith. I also have a book um, called "Streams in the Desert um, that has helped me through so much <laughs> that has it's all about uh, verses and and poems about uh, going through uh, times of trouble and trial.
5: I'm April. Um, one thing I've found ab- about being in a depressed state: a lot of the times we want to kind of get by ourselves and be, you know, down and depressed by ourselves. But I've found that when I've when I've gone to people, you know, that I can trust and that I know who are who are strong believers, um, they help to lift me up. And so, just just being uh, being able to bring that, you know, to to believers.
0: Great, because God didn't create us as individuals by ourselves. We, he created, I'm going to skip you and go to somebody who hasn't answered yet. And then if anything, I'll come back to you, okay? God has given us brothers and sisters for us to work and to talk with and to help have our brothers help to lift us up. And sometimes we don't have the answers for ourselves, but your brother might have the answer or sister.
4: and I think that when you um, get depressed and get down you should like turn on some music that like Christian music, worship music that can bring you up and you should pray about it and well, I just think you should just uh, read the Bible and stuff that's the thing that can help you the most
0: Okay, we'll take our final answer and then we will have our sister Evelyn share the word
1: to um, In Psalm 42 verse 5 it says why are you downcast on my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him my Savior my God. Sometimes we just have to in- encourage ourself um, or we could like April call a friend but it's um, in prayer and just seeking the Lord and just saying you know you know why why is my heart why do I feel so troubled? Just seek him. He's he's got the best answer.
0: Great. Okay, so is there anybody with any burning question? I, I said today was the time for me to answer ask questions, but is there anyone with any burning question that you want to s- uh, answer before we move ahead? Because The reason we do this, it's easy for me to get up there and preach every week, but until I know exactly where you are and where you're standing and what you're learning and what you're processing in your mind, it's not really going to help. And discipleship is not about listening to someone preaching. Discipleship is about listening to the Word and then taking the Word and applying that Word in your lives. And so... That's why I, I, I'm asking questions. How are you sure that you're a Christian? Because when you're able to articulate those answers, then you know that you're truly learning. So any questions before we move on? All right. Is it a hard question?
4: We have to be honest when you answer it because uh, it's uncomfortable for the church today. There's a lot of people getting divorced, especially, I think, in the West, actually. And uh, Christians getting divorced, and I want to know, like, they, they move on, they get re- remarried, What does the Bible say about it? And if you're really Christian, can you remarry after divorce?
0: That is a question that has bothered people for a long time. And Jesus Christ had the question where people ask, what about divorce? And talking about if somebody gets married to somebody and then they marry somebody else and they marry somebody else and then they go in the kingdom, what will it be? And so here's what Jesus Christ said. God's word is clear. There should be no divorce. God's word is clear that he wants you to be in a relationship with one person for life. In fact, his word goes further than that. He says that you should not have relations with any person apart from one marriage partner. And the idea behind this is that if you divorce, you have done something that is against the will of God. I grew up in a church where once you divorced, then you could never remarry. And if you got divorced, the first thing they would do is they would disfellowship you. They would put you in the back seat of the church and you had to remain there. You could continue coming to church, but you couldn't sit with the fellowship of believers. And What the Bible teaches is that God is a God of second chances. And I understand that there are scriptures that say, don't get divorced. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. And yes, those scriptures are 100% accurate. We shouldn't do certain things but the bible also teaches that what god does is he redeems things that have gone wrong and i don't believe that if there's a christian who gets a di- gets divorced that person should leave this city and go to that city and continue ministry i don't believe that i believe that there needs to be a time for the person to go before God and be healed and to be counseled and have their lives changed but I truly believe that God even though that wasn't your plan A nor his plan A for your life I truly believe that God permits you to be redeemed and to move on it's the same thing where someone might have had a child outside of marriage if that person has a child out of marriage you did something wrong that's a sin because you are having sexual relations outside of your marriage union. The fact is that God can take your sin and whatever went wrong, and he will say, my brother, my sister, I know that you did something wrong. I will redeem you, and I will restore in your life the things that have gone wrong. So what is my belief on Divorce and remarriage, I believe that Christians should not get divorced. I believe that if you get divorced, God will permit you to have a second chance. And that is a scriptural teaching. And some people disagree with me, but that's where I stand, where I believe that if you have broken the law of God, he will permit you to get back on the right path. And sometimes the second plan B, the plan B or the second plan, sometimes God you know, has a way of making plan B better than plan A, and that's how God God reconciles us. And He does. So, he the, the word in, in Greek is kandalon, where His grace is scandalous, where He redeems us and gets us back on the right path. I hope that answers your question. All right. We can't do any more questions right now because we are going to have our sister who has the word of the Lord percolating in her spirit. Evelyn has been someone who the Lord has been speaking to her, working in and through her life for a number of years and The spirit and the anointing of God is on her life. And so I've asked her to share an exhortation this morning to help us to continue on this series of friendship with God. And she's going to be talking about intimacy. Father, I just thank you for my sister. I thank you for what you have been doing in her life, Lord. I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you will anoint her even more. And grant that, Lord, as she shares your word, among us this morning, that your word will become life in our lives, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is such an incredible opportunity. Um, I'm going to tell you, given years, um, if you would have asked me that I was going to be talking about this, I'd be going, who? Me? What? But God is so good, and he is a God of second chances, and he is a merciful God. He's just beautiful. So I'm going to talk about oh, his intimacy, his love for us. His, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Where do I begin? Where do I begin to tell you? Um, when pastor asked me, he said, um, I want you to speak. First of all, I stood back and then I went, oh, I want to talk about you, Lord. I want to talk about your love. Then I started thinking, I'm like, how do I tell? How do I share about his love? What do I tell you to tell to, so you can know how He desires us? Where do I begin with that? Oh, I'm going to be reading because I think if I read, I won't, I won't be so off because I really want to share what God has. It's not my words that I want to tell you. I don't want to tell you what I'm feeling. I don't want to tell you what I think. I want to tell you what He thinks. I want to tell you what He desires. Um, and if I start crying in the middle, well, that's just part of the course. I cry. So as I was, as Pastor said, you know, he, I want to tell you guys about his love and how <laughs> his love has no holds bar. You guys heard of that before. There is no hold back. God loves us with such a deep desire. Whew. I'm going to share this with you. It says, This is what I wrote when I was writing. And I started writing a lot of stuff down. You know, I sat down and I'm like, okay, Lord, do you want me to go here? You want me to go here? And I put thoughts here and thoughts there and here, thoughts there. And then finally I'm like, Lord, I need you to know, I need you to tell me what you want me to say. Because, I mean, if, if not, then it's just me sharing my testimony. So I want to begin with telling you that um, Hebrews eleven five. 5 when I came back to the Lord because there was a time that I separated myself from the Lord um, I remember reading about Enoch and Enoch was a guy that I was like what and it says by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death he could not be found because God had taken him away For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. When I read that, I was like, oh, my goodness, that is what I want. That is my desire. I want to please God. I want to, everything in my life, I want it to be pleasing to him. And my heart ached so much because all I desired was to please him. I wanted to walk with him like Enoch walked. I mean, there's not a whole lot in the Bible about Enoch. There really isn't. Except that he was pleasing to God, and God liked his conversation so much, he just took him. He said, come on. Could you even imagine that? You know, you you get that opportunity to talk to the Lord, and you're just chilling with him, and you're talking. And man, it is so wonderful with him in that conversation, and then he just, you're with God. So I wanted to be pleasing to God. That was really important to me. To be pleasing to God is my desire to be in obedience to our loving Father. That his desire (laughs) may overwhelm my desire. That my life may honor you. To hear you say, I am pleasing to you. It is one of my joys. So where do I begin to share with you about God's friendship? And how it took, I've been on this path about 20 years now. And I'm finally at a point now that I go, ooh, he loves me. He desires me. And oh, he is my intimate friend. He is the one that I run to when I need to share my secrets. He is the one when I'm in pain, I go before him. He is the one that I just cry to. A long time, I've always asked the Lord, Lord, why don't I have an intimate friend? Why don't I have a woman that I can just go to and share all my secrets? And, you know, because women like to do that. Women like to pour out their hearts. Sometimes their husbands are fixers. So, you know, when you go to your husband and you're sharing your heart, you just want to talk. Well, your husband, sometimes he fixes. He wants to help resolve the issue. Sometimes you want to go to a woman. You want to just sit with her and talk with her and just, ooh, this is how I'm feeling. For some reason, it's never happened. I've never had, um, and it's not, don't feel bad for me. I'm okay with it. (laughs) But I've never had that kind of intimacy and trust with a woman. Just never have. So I've turned always to the Lord. So when I'm hurting and I'm like, whew, I am like, don't know where to go. The pain is too harsh. I run. And I run to him. And I lay down and I just say, God, I need to talk to you about this. And I'm I'm not a pretty prayer. It's not a pretty prayer. It's not like thee and thou. I specifically just speak to him like I'm talking to you. I go, I don't get it, Lord. I'm not understanding. Please help me. Help me to just understand that it's going to be okay. Because if he tells me, you know, well, this is why I'm doing it, that's nice. But God does not have to do that. But what I want to understand is that I'm going to be walking with him and understand that he is with me, holding me, and that everything will be just fine. Why? Because he's taking care of it. And that's as easy as it gets. Um, so what I want you to understand is that God desires for us to know him. And not only that he desires for us to know him, he desires us to know him As he knows us. And how does he know us? Really well. And he is uh, that desire. That is what he desires for us. And oh my goodness. So Psalm 34, 8. This is what I come taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, pastor has taught me to get. I had that. It's called strong, strongest that book and and it and, and it just breaks everything down every word so for sure i said you know what i want to look up good i want to see what that word is about because you know us we're like oh good oh that's good it's not great it's good but in the bible good it means really it's like pleasing it's desirable so that is who the lord is that is who god is he is good he is desirable he is pleasing and Psalm 119 103 how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. And that's what he is. When you start getting to know that desire that he has for you, when you start walking in and starting to just taste, and I'm talking about just taste, the desire he has for you, you can never get enough of it. It, it is a thirst that starts just more and more and more. And that's where my path started. When I came to the Lord, um, I came back to him. I, I, I walked away from him for a year. I, I, um, I got very angry. Mm. But the thing is that he didn't walk away from me. Satan kept telling me that he did, but he didn't. He never did. And within a year's time, I came back to the Lord. And when I came back to him, I have a praying mom. My mom is a real praying warrior. She's amazing. She's taught me. A lot of things about prayer and so that's what she did and within the years time the Lord brought me back and so when he brought me back I told him I said Lord I don't want it to be the way it was I want it to be totally different I want to know you in a depth that I've never known you before and oh my goodness those words when I said them I meant them from the bottom of my heart And he is a God who is faithful and keeps his promises, and so he allowed me. He has allowed me to taste the sweetness of him. Okay, so God is so much more than a friend. I'm going to read a little bit so I can keep my thoughts in. God is so much more than a friend. He is the one we have been seeking for all our lives to satisfy the deep desire in our hearts, the longing, the emptiness. We try to fill with so many other things. He is the lover of our souls. Mm. In Psalm 62, 1, my soul finds rest in God alone. It truly, truly does. As I said, when I came to the Lord, I was so broken. I was broken and I didn't trust anyone. But and I had a lot of thoughts of worthlessness. Yeah, because there was um I didn't think I was worthy of anything. Everything seemed it was like I don't deserve anything. I, that's how I felt. But <laughs> God <laughs> God had other plans and he knew something different. So when um mm, so when I I, f- I have failed him, and, and when I came back to him, and I had this worthlessness, a feeling in my heart, um, I remember Jeremiah 29, 11 and it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. And when I came back to the Lord, that worthlessness that I felt would not allow me to see things. It would not allow me to hear him. But I knew that God was faithful, and I knew that God was going to help me through this. And so as I was walking to the Lord, and I was praying, and I was seeking him, the Lord brought me to Romans 8.1. And I had to understand this before I can continue, because I had to understand who he was and what he was offering me. I said, I want you to be different in my life. I want to know you deeply. And so he took me to Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I said, okay, that's awesome. Yay, praise the Lord. So every time I open the Bible, where did the Lord take me? Back to Romans 8.1. I think I was in Romans 8.1. I think it was almost a month where I could not move away from Romans 8.1. And finally it dawned on me, that little word, there's a little word that if we read really fast, uh, we miss it. And the word is now. It just amazes me that how many times I read that scripture and that word now really never popped, you know? It's like now, yeah. So, therefore, there is now, the present now. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The Lord kept me in that verse for so long until I figured it out, till it popped in my head and I went, oh, wait, the light went off. And then I am a free woman now. Not tomorrow, not in the future, not when I've done all the good works that I think I need to do, because I guess I have to do something right to earn that. No, 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 no. Nothing I will do or have to do. I am free now. So when you came to the Lord, as our sister Claudette said, when you when she read that scripture, it says, when you accepted Christ and you became a Christian, you are free now, present. All that's in the past is done. You are free. He's delivered you. Oh, my gosh. The freedom is yours. In other words, everything is yours. Everything that he's offered you. We are not just Christians walking and trudging along. We are Christians that have been given a freedom. We have been given all of who Christ is. is ours. Oh, my gosh. How God loved Jesus is how he loves us. Blows my mind away at times when I think about that. Because I never, ever, for some reason, never thought that that could be a possibility for me. Because I felt that I have failed him in so many ways. That I never thought that I can come to a point in my life that I can talk to you about his intimacy. Never thought that I would experience this. I knew I asked him to, and I said, I'm going to walk this. I want this. I really desire it. But for some reason, it was almost as if I was making a wish. But God is not a God of wish. God is a God who gives you. He desires to give you this. This is yours for the taking. I'm not going to say it was an easy walk. I'm not going to tell you that, oh, I just ran right through it. I told you it's been about 20 years, and I'm at this point where I just know that my God is so in love with me. And I, I am so in love with him. <laughs> so so here, I'm sorry, I go back and forth. So I, I, I want to read Psalm 18, 16 through 19. Because this is what he did when I came to him. This is what the freedom was. This is what he did for me when I came back to him. (sighs) He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of the deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me that Comforted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because He delighted in me. Hmm. He delighted in me. He's always delighted in me. Always. He's always loved me. Even when I walked away, He's always loved me. He's always desired me. He's always wanted that relationship. Hmm. and I go sometimes you'll, you'll hear me go hmm. it's because there are no words to express how I feel when I hear how much he desires me and wants me and loves me it's just so unreal sometimes because we think he's God up there, he's far away but he's not. He's a God that desires a relationship with us. He desires such a relationship and commune with us. He desires that. He desires that. Okay? It's not that we've come to him and now we desire him. He desires that. That is what he wants for us. He wants to know us intimately. Ooh. I was his. I have always been his. Even when I walked away from him, he was there. Psalm 139:13 for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. As I said, it's not been an easy journey. Oh, but it's been so worth the walk. So worth it to feel him touch my heart and to remove all the burdens of my life. Psalm 32. Psalm 30 verse 2. Oh Lord God I call to you for help. And you healed me. That is who he is. All you got to do is call for him. And he heals you. You call on him and he comes. He's there. He's dying for you to come to know him. As a treasure that he is. And desires to be in your life. When I was 17 or 18 years of age. This has been some time ago. So I don't remember remember word for word, but I do remember the first time someone gave me a word from the Lord. This lady comes to me, and she goes to me, and she says to me, and I had to write it down. And she says to me, "Um, I have a word for you. And she goes, "Um, that he loved me and was watching me. Wow. Wow. Now, this is, I'm 17 and 18 years old, I'm singing in the choir, I'm, I'm getting, you know, I'm coming to church, and I'm, and I'm getting to know him, but when I heard that, the, the Bible became so real to me, because then it was like, oh, he sees me, he wants to know me, and he's telling me he loves me. I come from a, a, a single mom. My dad walked out on us when I was 12, and I never understood that, and what child would, So when I found out that God loved me and he was watching me, I was like, oh, wow, that is, like, wonderful. That was the first time. And At this point, I started asking God some questions. At this point, I said to him, how do I stay with you? How do I walk with you? How do I keep this? And and at that point, I didn't have that intimacy with him, but I wanted to know more of him. And there was a simple thing, and this is the first time I ever heard the Holy Spirit clearly say st- to me one word. He said, Pray. And I said, Pray. Well, okay, that seems pretty easy. But we all know praying is not an easy thing, don't we? We all know that we, as let our feelings, as we were talking here, we were letting our feelings, if we let our feelings tell us when we're going to pray or talk I, uh, or read the word, I guess we never get there sometimes because it's all about just going and doing it. So, I started, you know, getting to know the Lord more and more, and I started to reach out to him, and and I did start to pray, but it was never the same. It was just something that I was missing, and then several years later, as I said, I came back to the Lord, and then I told him I wanted to be different, and he honored that. He honored that. So, well, Um, On Psalm 4610, it says here, be still and know that I am God. Hmm. So to be still, that word still means to hang limp, to let go. So when I've come back to the Lord, he showed me. I got into, I started learning, um, I asked the Lord, I said, well, let me meet some women of God. I wanted to know more of him. And I started meeting these women, and they they took me to a place where I started learning what it is to be in a soaking prayer, what it is to be in a quiet time with the Lord. And I started learning that when you are still with him, that when you come to pray, you don't always have to, well, I got to pray, so that means I have to say words, or I have to pray, so let me open the Bible and let me read. There are times when you need to just be still. You need to just let him minister to you. You need to just allow the Lord's voice to fall on you. And the Holy Spirit will come and he will just minister on you like never before. And in these moments that I did learn to do this with him, that I learned to be quiet, that I learned to seek him. These were the times where he was healing the depth of my heart. Because there was a time in my life where my mom, who I adore, and I was very young, and one time she looked at me and she said, because my brother had passed away, he was 12, he died of leukemia, and my mother looked at me and said, why couldn't it be you? And I thought as an adult, you know, I said, I forgave her for that as an adult. But while I was in that stillness, in that quiet place, the Lord, the Lord came. And that picture of my mom, for all my life, I've remembered that. And and I see her hand, and I see you've ever had pictures in your head that are like it happened when you were little, but when it comes to your head, it's almost like it was right now. And when I was laying down and soaking. And I told the Lord, Lord, just search my heart. Is there something that I'm holding back? Is there something that I have not given to you? The Lord brought that to my mind. And as I was laying down and the memory started coming, all of a sudden something changed. And when the words were going to come at me, I saw, the, I saw um, Jesus just put out his hand and hold me. And that memory has never been the same from that point. That memory has been so different from that point, because at that point, Jesus said, and he showed me his hand. He just wrapped me in his arms, and he called me his little girl. And he always said to me from that point on, I've always wanted you. I've always desired you. I've always, always been there for you. So that is what happens when you are in that stillness, in that quiet place. That is what happens. He takes those moments in your life that you think you have already forgiven. You think you've moved on. You think he will bring them up, as I was telling Eric one time. He brings them up gently. He brings them up so you can say, oh, wow, I still have that. That still hurts. And then he takes it and he covers it and he heals it and he really, really heals it because That memory, and I I can tell you right now, any time I think of that memory, it's never the same old memory. It's him putting his hands in front, blocking the view. I don't see my mom anymore saying it. And I see him saying, I love you. I want you. I desire you. And that's what happens when you pray. That's what happens when you spend that quiet time. That's why you can't wait till you feel like it. Because if you wait till you feel like it, you're not going to do it. If if you wait for all that, you're not going to do it. You need to just make the time. It has to be part of your life. It just has to be there. <sighs> because when it's there, you get to know who he is. When you're spending this quiet time with him, you will get to know who he is. And this is who he is. He is our deliverer. That's 2 Timothy 4.18. He is our hiding place. Psalm 32.7. Our shield. Psalm 33.20. Our joy, Psalm 33, 21. He sustains us, Psalm 55, 22. The message says the, the, the Bible, the message says it this way pile your troubles on God's shoulders. <laughs> Is that not the awesome thing? It's like, okay, you have a problem. Pile it on his shoulders. That's what he wants. It's not that he's he's saying you know, well, if you have to, pile it on my shoulder. No, he sustains us. Pile your troubles on God's shoulders. That is what he desires. Because he, he wants to, you to get to know who he is. And he is a God. He is a helper. Hebrews 13, 6. He's mercy. Hmm. And this is just a few of the wonderful things that you will learn about the one who loves you, God. When you spend that time with him and you read all about him in the Bible, you get to know him. As I walk with him, there are times I just plain mess up. Yeah. Sometimes I don't pray and I don't read the word like I should, because I ain't perfect. And you know what? He still loves me. And there was a time, it was a time that I got really busy. Things were just hectic. Why? I don't know. Sometimes life gets that way. And I felt so bad, and I said, okay, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go to the prayer room. I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to read the word because, you know, i got to get there. And I usually go to the prayer room in Kempsville in uh, Providence. They have a prayer room that I can get into. And I went in. I said, I'm stepping in thinking I'm okay, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to make up for lost time. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Because sometimes we really think we have to work for all, don't we? But what happened was this. As I put the code in the room so I can go in, no sooner did I sit down that his presence fell upon me. And then this is what I learned at that moment. This is what I learned. <laughs> I knew again that it was all about how he loves us. And he is there waiting to love us. And he loves us and desires us. And when we mess up, he still loves us. That is the key. And as we were talking at people here, it's interesting. We were talking. We're like, well, what, what is it that we're supposed to do? Should we spend an hour, two hours with him every day? Is that, is that the formula? Okay, tell me what I need to do, A, B, C, D, and then I can end up right where I need to be. Well, there's no A, B, C, D. There's no formula. There is this. And this is it. You pray because you need to communicate with God. That is your talking with him. You read the word because that is how you're going to know him. That is what it is. If you, with your closest friends, when I was writing this, I was thinking, could you imagine if we all came with a book? If we all came with a book, we'd read each other's books and go, "Mm, no, that person, no, I don't really want to get to know that person. Let's put that book down. Oh, I really want to get to know that person because that person's good. But none of us come with a book. But the coolest thing is that God has a book, the Bible. His The Bible tells us all about who he is. It tells us all his secrets, all his desires, all his longings, all his wants. It tells us who he is. He is faithful. He is almighty. He is loving. And this is why you read the word. And this is why you pray. Because when you do that, you get to know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You get to know the beauty of our God. I've got a long way to go. I really do. I'm just beginning to know who He is, and I'm so in love with Him. So I just want to share one thing with you. When those times that I'm with Him, I do. I don't know how much time I have passed. I'll be finished. Um, There is one thing um, in those quiet times when I'm with Him. I write letters to him. And there was one time when he woke me up like at 3 in the morning. Actually, I wrote down at 2 in the morning, and it was in, in 08. And he, were, he gave me this, this, and he, and this and and he gave it to me in Spanish, by the way. And I had to translate it in English. So I'm going to translate it, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, Holy are you, Lord. There is no one like you. Holy are you, Lord. Your voice fills my heart. Holy are you, Lord. I lift my voice and praise your name. I surrender at your feet what you desire of me. I am yours. I am yours. I lift my voice to you in praise. All to you, all for you, because you are holy. And for the Spanish people here, I'm going to read it in Spanish. Because we are a language church. Santo eres mi Dios, no hay nadie como tú, santo eres mi Dios, tu voz llena mi corazón, tú eres santo Dios, rendida a tus pies, lo que tú deseas de mí aquí estoy, alzo mi voz para alabarte solamente a ti porque santo eres, rompe señor las cadenas de mi vida, quiero darte todo, no quiero aguantar nada de ti, derramo todo mi corazón. A tus pies soy tuya, mi Dios es santo. No hay nadie como mi Dios, nadie como mi Padre. Alabaré por siempre tu gloria, para siempre santo es mi Dios, for he is holy and he is God. And all I've got to say is that he is the breath of my life. If I have to choose between breathing and God, there is no choice. Not for me. I choose God. Because I desire him and he desires me. And I just pray that one day you guys just keep going. Ask him, ask him, ask him to show you more of him. And I promise you, he will take you through an incredible journey.
0: I want to thank the Lord for our sister Evelyn and the word that he has given to her. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for showing us what it means to be intimate with you, to want to be in your presence, to experience you even more than the air we breathe. Thank you, Lord. God bless you all. Let's thank the Lord for his word from our sister.